From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Kevin Kelly. Well, one of those hosts is here. Kenny Ducey with you here on the Pick and Pod. June 5th, 2014, the NBA Finals start tonight. The Spurs and the Heat from San Antonio. We'll talk to Amin Elassan about that in just a moment. Uh, and, you know, we figured, you know, since the finals are kicking off today, we'd start it with a bang. And we should have multiple podcasts coming for uh, the duration of the NBA Finals since, you know, this is once the offseason hits. It's interesting. You know, you got the draft, but but that's about it. And, hey, we'll, we'll do it big for the finals. So I think it's about time we welcome in Amin Al-Hassan, an NBA analyst for ESPN Insider. He hosts True Hoop TV. He used to work as an NBA assistant director of basketball operations, a scout, video coordinator. Amin, how's it going? How you doing, Kenny? I'm excited to do this. Well, uh, I am excited because the finals start today, and yeah, I mean, it's always it's always good to have you, and you're down in San Antonio right now. From the past few days of media availability, or maybe the past day or two, what's been the biggest story to you? Uh, you know, the, the concept that the Spurs are out for revenge, I think, to a man, they all really expressed they were driven by their defeat last year that they wanted to win because they lost the championship. But the opponent is irrelevant. You know, it, uh, they all kind of said the same thing, that it's Miami, but if it was Indiana, if it was Atlanta, whoever had come out of the East, that fire and desire to avenge last year's loss would not have diminished at all. It's not like it's more special that it's Miami. It's the fact that they're back in the front. Well, you bring up last year, and you think about the way that the Spurs almost won that. I mean, you know, the debate that Ray Allen's foot was maybe out of bounds. Does that register uh, to you at all as something that might help them, uh, or at least give them a, a good chance at beating Miami, considering they did uh, almost beat them, or pretty much beat them a year ago, or are they an older team right now? No, well, the first thing you look at is these two teams are incredible teams. They are the two best teams in the NBA. We often say that because they're in the finals, but even before the playoffs started, we knew that these were the two best basketball teams uh, in the league. So I don't think it's—I don't think there's ever a feeling of, "Oh man, we almost beat them last year." That means we can beat them this year. They both know that, hey, this thing comes down to really seven coin flips or however many games it comes down to. So it's pretty evenly matched. Now, from the perspective of San Antonio being older. I would argue they're actually better this year. Kawhi Leonard is a better player. Thiago Splitter is a better player. They swapped out Gary Neal for Marco Bellinelli. Patty Mills is a better player. And this team really has strengthened its resolve. And another, you know, we've reached a point where another year together is looked at as a negative. But really it's a positive. The chemistry built, the familiarity built between all these role players, as we know the big three, Ginobili, Duncan, and Parker, they're used to playing with each other. All these new role players have been added to the team over the last two or three years. They've got a real great sense of chemistry and camaraderie on the court. And that's only going to help them against a team like the Heat. Yeah, and you mentioned those guys. You mentioned Boris Diaw and Splitter. And with all these role players, even Bellinelli, who's not really getting a lot of time right now, uh, they have to have the clear bench advantage to you, right? Uh, yes, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the final, so you'll expect guys to play longer minutes as far as just stars or main horses. So 
maybe the bench won't be as important for a team like Miami because when you got three players like those guys, you know, you pretty much could throw you and I out there and, and still be pretty good uh, as, as a starting five. Uh, the, the thing with Bellinelli is you kind of have to think about it. He's due, right? You think about last year, Gary Neal really didn't have a great playoffs or a great final, I should say, but he had that one game. And that's and you know if Ray Allen doesn't hit that three in game six, that's the one game they needed. They didn't need him to be incredible every night. They didn't need him to be incredible one night, and that's what Bellinelli brings as far as a threat. I want to shift over the Heat here for a second because they're they're obviously the best team in basketball right now. LeBron James, uh, he won his seventh straight uh, first team All NBA selection. Um, I mean, I just I'm curious because you look at the way that this team has progressed. And they, you know, they sat Dwayne Wade during the year. Well, I guess I want to start there. Um, how important was that for Dwayne Wade to sit out all those games? Because he looks like he's three years younger right now. Uh, it's crucial. It was crucial. It, it's the. I'll give you a great example. I went to high school with this kid named Caleb, and Caleb used to eat those uh, Dan fruit on the bottom yogurt. I love it. He would never. He would never mix it. Remember, you're supposed to mix it and make it into this nice blended. He wouldn't mix it. He would eat the the plain white yogurt and then eat the food at the bottom. And I used to ask him, it's disgusting, how can you do that? And he says, sometimes you got to go through some tough times to get to the, the treasure at the bottom. And and that's what that's what the, the Heat did with Wade. It's, we're not going to play you every night. We're not going to play you long minutes. And is are we going to struggle at times because of it? Sure. Are you going to be frustrated and anxious to be out there? Of course. But at the end of it, the dividends will pay off, and it's paying off for them now. He's looked incredible in these playoffs because he hasn't had a full NBA season of wear and tear. He's been, he's been chilling, for lack of a better word. It's true, and, and you look at last year, and there were obviously those concerns about him in the playoffs. So that I mean that that definitely fueled this this approach to this year. Um, I'm curious to your thoughts on the future of the big three after this finals I mean it might be different if it's win or loss but LeBron has free agency coming up Bosch said he wanted to opt in Dwayne Wade's getting very old uh how long do you think they stay together that's a really tough question because I wake up on Sundays and say they'll never tear this thing apart they'll just keep this thing going but at the same time there are some very real economic concerns going on as far as Miami's ability to refresh the positions four through, or excuse me, uh, roster slot four through 15. Uh, their role players are, they could, they could stand an upgrade. Let's be honest here. You know, Ray Allen, how much longer is he going to keep playing? And every additional day or every additional season, he's becoming more and more just a specialist. You know, he's not driving off hard closeouts anymore. And he can't, he just can't do it. He can't guard anybody. Uh, Rashard Lewis, has been you know, a crucial figure in this postseason, but he really hasn't had a good two seasons in Miami. He hasn't played very well. Uh, Norris Cole is going to be up for an extension. Mario Thomas is a free agent. Uh, and, and you move on to that, that roster, and you say, they need something more because it's unfair to keep asking, really, LeBron to carry the load and then the way to show up once every two days or every three days and Bosch to have one of those games once every three days, it's, it's not enough anymore, or at least it pretty soon won't be. And you don't want to be locked in to big money 
for a team that, that ages beyond it, it effectiveness. At the same time, in the words of Charles Oakley, if it ain't broke, don't break it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they've been to four state finals. The Eastern Conference has never looked weaker. Why should they fear it? If, if all you need to do is get to June and then kind of roll the dice and hope the matchups work, maybe it's worth it to lock into that. I'm looking down this roster. You, you mentioned Ray Allen. You mentioned Mario Chalmers. Mike Miller, obviously not here, but he had that giant finals a couple of years ago. Who do you is the biggest or best candidate for maybe a Mike Miller series? Uh, you know, obviously Ray Allen, his shooting ability keeps him in that conversation, but as I said, he, he's, he's very limited. Mike Miller could do more. He couldn't shoot like Ray Allen, but he could do more and shoot, so... Uh, the guy who's been doing it so far really is Rashard Lewis. And and it's funny because up until game five of the Eastern Conference Finals, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a with a pebble. <laughs> but game five, obviously game six and game seven, it, it, the shot came out it came out miraculously. So and that's kind of what Mike Miller. People forget people we get lost in the Mike Miller uh, kind of nostalgia. But he was pretty, there was a stretch there where he wasn't hitting anything. And you're thinking, just, oh, why, why is this guy playing? Uh, but, you know, when it counted, when they needed the most, he showed up. And, and so I think Rashard Lewis is kind of going into that. The other guy I would look to is Shane Battier, who also has had a very up-and-down uh, shooting-wise uh, playoffs. He's kind of acknowledged that this is his last go-round. He's not coming back. So what better way to go out than in a blaze of glory? You talk about last go-arounds as we shift to the Spurs. If they win this series, is this Tim Duncan's last game, last series? Uh, you know what? I just don't think he operates the same normal sentimentality that the rest of us do. <laughs> I think if he wins and he feels good, he said, well, well, let's come back and do this again. Why would I stop? You know, I, I feel good. I can still play at an extremely high level, as we've seen. If he can win another championship, I mean, that's... That's what he plays for. That's what you play for, right? It's not like you're looking for a storybook ending. The other thing I would say is if he is sentimental like us, I think one of the important things for them is the knock on the Spurs. They've never won back-to-back titles. This is their, if they win this year, it's the opportunity to come back and show everyone that they can win back-to-back, that they aren't the, the greatest team to never win back-to-back titles. Uh, you look at Tim Duncan and the way he's going to match up with the Heat, and uh, I mean, just in general, it's actually kind of tough because of the way Pop has switched up the lineups the last couple games of the Thunder series uh, to to really generate like a, an on paper okay. Here's five against five. So I guess to start, who do you see the Spurs starting uh, in this series, Game One? Wow, we talked about this on True Hoop TV yesterday, uh, and. I, I think Pop is going to hit the reset button. I think he's going to go back to Splitter and Duncan up front, and then obviously Green, Kawhi Leonard. And we hope Tony Parker, everything sounds like he's going to be available. Uh, but you never know, obviously, uh, with that ankle injury. So I think he's going to hit that reset button because the Spurs decided advantage is tied. They can, they can pound them on the inside. They can attack the glass. That's something that Miami traditionally has struggled against teams that, that do well at those things. Until something happens to pull them away out of that, either Splitter not playing well, Miami Speed giving them problems, Kawhi Leonard getting in foul trouble, getting exhausted, guarding LeBron James, until one of those things happens, I don't think 
that they need to switch uh, and to adapt to what Miami does because really they they hold the default advantage. Now, my colleague uh, Tom Harris wrote yesterday. He felt opposite. He felt like LeBron James is a tough matchup, and putting Borzia out there gives you another defender on LeBron and forces somebody to have to guard him in the post as a back to the basket guy. Hopefully, LeBron spends some energy. So that might be another direction that they go in. But for me. I think it's going to be a reset. I think we're going with Twitter and Duncan up front. And certainly go check out that True Hoop TV uh, at Amin's Twitter profile, at Amin ESPN. He's, I think he's tweeted it like eight times in the last three hours. <laughs> so, no, no, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm much worse on social media. Now, uh, with that given, uh, with the splitter and uh, Duncan expected, you look at the other side of the coin and, uh, you know, Chris Bosch and... Not Udonis Haslam, but it's Rashard Lewis right now. I mean, does that match up really tilt in large favor to the Spurs? And how much do they exploit the heat down low? Because, you know, for as many times as Duncan might score in the post, Chris Bosh shoots the ball very well. Yeah, so defensively, I think obviously it puts a little bit of a stress because somebody's got to guard somebody. Both of them actually have to guard somebody who's considerably larger. I think we'd expect Bosh to match up with... uh, with Duncan, but then again, maybe not. Maybe you put him on splitter, let him rest on defense. Um, that's what is not quite the offensive uh, uh, post player that Duncan is. And, and you let Rashad Lewis kind of bang around. Or maybe you bring in Udonis Haslam to bang around with, with Duncan. Uh, the Heat obviously have a lot of different combinations they can go with. I don't, one of the things I don't see happening is Chris Anderson starting. I think they really like his energy coming off the bench. And to keep him. In, you know, as a third big to bring in, gives them a change of pace and gives them a, a, a little bit of a boost. You don't want him catching early foul trouble, banging around with with the bigs. Offensively, obviously, it does it does make a huge difference because Lewis and Bosch can both stay across on the three point line. That's going to force San Antonio to spread out the stretch and give space for uh, the driving pursuits of. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, even guys like North Cole and Mario Chalmers. Um, in that sense, that kind of goes back to what Tom thinks is that the Spurs are going to go small because you don't want Splitter and Duncan having to roam around the perimeter uh, and you know in a place that they're really not that uh, uh, adept at defending. And it's, I mean, it's just funny that you mentioned Chris Anderson because like the Knicks were going after him at the time that the Heat signed him, and if they did that, I mean, I don't think he'd be playing basketball anymore. So it, it's, it's good to see him out down there banging around. Uh, one more before we get to your prediction, because I uh, totally glanced over Tony Parker. We, we spoke about him just a little bit, but with that injury, I mean, how much can he give the Spurs in this series? Well, the good thing is they sat him out to the second half of that game, and they've had uh, the four or five full days of, treat, of treatment. You get aggressive treatment and rest, and they can get your ankle from a pretty severely bad ankle sprain to I can play on this. Now, there's a difference between I can play on this and I can play incredibly on this, and that's the question. You know? And Parker didn't seem to be too concerned. The Spurs didn't seem to be too concerned, but... And, the the biggest problem with an injury like this is re-injury is because the ankle is weak and the muscles are, are excuse me, the body is overcompensating for that weakness so then other injuries uh, occur out of that. But the nice thing about uh, Tony Parker is it gives you uh, someone who can come off of screens and come off of pictures uh, 
knock down that 20-foot jump shot. The three-pointer is more of a catch-and-shoot set shot, but off the dribble, he can pull up. So he really doesn't need to get all the way to the rim. Obviously, if he's feeling 100%, then that, that opens up the hole, gets to the front of the rim, where he's, of course, an incredible finisher, one of the league leaders in points in the paint uh, on a yearly basis. Now, if he isn't the Tony Parker who can be effective, either from the perimeter or at the rim, that's when everyone else has to pick up the flag. And they've kind of done that throughout these playoffs, but obviously Miami's a very different beast. That's where I think guys like Boris Diaz become a lot more important as a play creator, as a, an offensive threat. Uh, Manu Ginobili, obviously, he's feeling a lot better this year than he was last year. He'll be leaned upon heavily as well. It certainly will be more fun with a 100% Tony Parker, that's for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to your prediction, I mean, before we get you out of here, because i got to know who you have taking home the NBA Finals, and in how many games? I have Spurs in seven, and, and I always say whenever you say in seven, that's the coward's pick, because it's acknowledging <laughs> anyone can win this thing. I can, I can be right three times in the series, and the fourth time I'll be wrong, and I'll say, hey, three out of four ain't bad. Uh, but it, it really does, it's indicative of, how closely matched these two teams are. They, they are, as I said, the two best teams in basketball. They play a very unselfish brand of basketball. Watch the ball whip around the perimeter inside out. Everyone gets touches. That's how basketball is meant to be played. And these two teams embody that style more than anyone else. I think the Spurs are better than they were last year. I don't know if Miami is better than they were last year. I think losing Mike Miller was, was big, and I think... You know, depending on how Wade feels, you have to always feel on edge. I know he's looked great so far, but now we're pretty deep into the postseason, and the rest of two months ago, it would still apply. So I think the Spurs are better. I think they're hungry and driven to get that title. And I just, and I think it comes down to luck. I think, you know, Ray Allen hit. I'm not going to call it a lucky shot, but it's a lucky circumstance to let them get in that shot. And we know that he flipped that coin ten times and maybe nine other times, he never gets the ball. Or that shot comes up short or, or any number of things happen differently. So I think uh, it all evens out. San Antonio gets a little bit of luck this year and they win. Well, certainly if this goes seven, we, the viewers, will be lucky. And, and you'll be lucky enough to be there. And that is Amin Alassan, a host of True Hoop TV on ESPN Insider, an NBA analyst for them as well, and used to work as an assistant director of basketball operations in the NBA, a scout, a video coordinator. And uh, go check out his True Hoop TV segment that he recorded with Tom Havistraw, a friend of ours here, uh, or just a friend of my friend who works with me yeah. here at the station, actually, but we've had him on before. And... Uh, and uh, also a colleague of his at ESPN. It's on Amin's Twitter profile. Thanks so much, dude. Really appreciate it. It was great stuff today. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me, Kenny. That Twitter uh, feed, by the way, is at Amin, ESPN, A-M-I-N, and then the four letters that everyone in the world knows. What, what and a, very, did I say it very, wrong? Uh, I don't know. I, I just wanted to repeat it. Good. And I just wanted to say it because the very last tweet that I tweeted, if you go to my profile, it's the... It's Tom's actual tweet. I retweeted. Um, it's got the, the links to the videos that we've done from the final so far. Well, you're, of course, the creator of the Patino game as well, so people should follow you uh, that. <laughs> that deserves a whole podcast of its own. We're going <laughs> to do that another day. Certainly. I mean, thanks so much. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks a lot, Katie. Wonderful stuff from I mean, You can go follow him on Twitter at A-M-I-N-E-S-P-N. A good follow for basketball he'll keep it active during the finals games and hey we'll keep active during the finals games could be with you in a couple days until then enjoy game one
Bet.